0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: I'm just trying to be a legend, you know, trying to be one of the best to do it coming out of my hometown. I knew, like, in, at heart I was an defensive player, and, like, my mentality on the field, I was always a physical player, even a receiver. I'm a dog, I'm a competitor, you know, I want to be great. And whatever a team picks me, I'm going to prove them right, you know, I'm going to make them proud for sure.
0: Yo, welcome to All Things Covered. With Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five star rating on Apple podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash all things covered. So make sure you subscribe and turn on your alerts so you can get the show right away. Pat P, I know we got another great episode, but what are we going to cover on this show? Hey yo Matt, we got plenty to cover and we also had plenty of seminoles on our episode. We have talked to, I think one gator in the recent episode, no but question. we never talked to anybody from the U. We one of my favorite there. schools growing up, but we got our, our guy Gregory Russell on the show today. NFL, outstanding NFL prospect as our NFL series continues, Stay tuned. I know what time it is, first quarter of the show. This is where we chop everything up. Over the last few weeks, we've been going, we've been taking you inside the draft prospects of some of the top prospects that will be available in this year's NFL Draft. And later in the show, make sure you guys stay tuned. You don't want to miss this great conversation we will have with Greg Russo, talking about some of the teams he's feeling excited about that potentially could draft him. It could be your favorite team, or it could be a team that you hate. But regardless, you definitely want to hear what he has to say about where he could potentially go in this year's draft. We believe he will be a first rounder. He also believes that as well. So make sure you stay tuned. But on this episode of Chopping It Up, we want to focus on detail, the interview process, some of the things that you had to do to get your body ready, some of the things you had to do to get your mind ready, all of that. It goes into the entire bowl when you're trying to put together a nice dish. So Pat P, your dish was your dish was unbelievable because you went extremely high. But your, your pre-draft process, when you talk about the interview process, we've been hearing some of the stories from former prospects, the mm-hmm. weird questions, the unexpected questions. For you, when you were getting ready for the draft, did you encounter any weird questions? Man, I encountered a ton of weird questions. Really? And the weirdest question of them all was from the Cincinnati Bengals. And I ask. have a uh not I won't sit necessarily say a great relationship with Coach Marvin Lewis, but you know I run I run into him every now and then on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, what is the difference between a pencil and a pen? Pencil has lead, pen has ink. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. <laughs> I thought that was the most bizarre question I've ever been at, uh, asked to answer before. I was like, what? Are you serious right now? But you erase a pencil, you can't, like, what you, what you I was like how, how, how much further you want me to elaborate? You, you, like you said, you can't erase a pencil. A pen is ink. A pencil is lead. I mean, what else more do you want me to say? A pen is more, I mean, you can erase a pen, but it's more permanent yeah. than, no. uh, than a pencil. I, I didn't know how much more they wanted me to elaborate on what's the difference between a pencil and a pen. <laughs> But that makes sense. That's up. Cincinnati that That's Cincinnati for you. <laughs> <laughs> It makes sense. It makes sense. Pat B, I know you've said before that the Cardinals, you never spoke to the Cardinals instinctively, right? Yep. Uh, when you, when you talk about the reoccurring conversations with one organization. So I would say it's safe to say you didn't expect to get drafted to AZ, but what not. team did you think you were going to go to? I thought I was literally I was I thought I was going to Houston. I thought I was going to Houston, oh. Houston or uh who was the second uh, uh Denver. So I thought I was going to Houston and Denver because I had the most interactions with them. Mm-hmm. And Denver had the number two pick. Yes. And Houston had uh, they were outside the top ten because they took JJ. Yeah. I mean yeah, TJ. They took TJ. No, no, no. Houston took were eleven. TV. No, they took JJ Watt. JJ, JJ, yeah, My bad. They took so JJ. Not J. uh I can't remember the GM name at the time, but he was a brother. Was uh, a I think it's was Rick. Was it Rick Rick Smith? Yeah, it was Rick. So yeah. Rick was like, man, like, man, we really love we we love everything that you do. We I think they had just drafted Kareem Jackson the, the, the year before. before they wanted him to be the nickel. They had Jonathan Joseph already. Uh they wanted to add me. Uh I can't even think of the safeties they had. Uh shucks. But they had a, it, he, he ended up going to Denver. I can't think of his name right now. Safety. They went to Denver from Houston. Yeah. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but he was with, um, I think right before Bans Joseph got there, cause Bans got there in like 2013, if, if I'm not mistaken, but I literally, I thought I was going to those two teams, but the only interaction I had with Arizona was with your former teammate, Deshay Townsend, who was end up, end up being my, uh, my corners coach. Yep. And that was the only interaction that I had with them. And that was in the, uh, you know, they call like the, um, I can't remember what they call it. It's like, almost like a car wash where you go into this big room and all 32 teams are there and they're representatives and you kind of just walk around. They kind of pick you, you mm-hmm. know, if they want to talk to you or whatever. So that was the only interaction I didn't have no draft meeting with them. I didn't have no, no work or no private workout with them. Oh, San Fran, I thought San Fran was going to get me too. Cause I had two private workouts. With uh San Fran at the time. I had no private workouts with him. I had literally I didn't know I didn't even know Arizona area code. That's how shocked I was when he called me. I was like, six oh two. Yeah, you know who that was. You probably thought <laughs> Mississippi like, was or something that? like that. Yeah, you was at the table with me. I'm like, six oh two, who the heck is that? <laughs> and it was Coach uh, Ken Wizard Hunt, man. Wizard Hunt. Yeah, yeah. that's why I started my career, man. And in San Francisco, <laughs> they took Alden Smith at number yep. seven. Yep, so mm-hmm. Denver took Vaughn two. San Vaughn Fran took 11. Alden seven. JJ, Houston, JJ, JJ at eleven. Yep. Wow. I wonder how that was oh, those fan how the fan bases for those teams here, knowing that, you know, their team yeah. actually was high on you. Yeah, and Cincinnati was in there too. But um and that's honestly why I made that decision to go to Minnesota because Zim was the DC at the time. At Cincinnati. And was, they, yeah, they had uh Leon Hall. And I can't think of the other other corners that they had there at the time. Leon. Pac-Man Hall. Jones may have been there right when I think they may have drafted him. I mean, uh picked him up picked right up. when I had after I got drafted. Because we played against them. Cause, cause my, Jonathan Joseph was gone already. Oh, so oh yeah, exactly. So that's why they uh they was high on me as well. And Man Zim, you know, just yeah, hit it off. pick his brain. Yeah, been able to pick his brain. Obviously, seen his resume. Just, just being able to talk to him and just seeing his mentality, how he liked to play football, how he liked to attack offenses. um, uh, on Sundays. I was like, yeah, this, this could fit right into my, you know, my wheelhouse. And he, he loved playing man to man. He loved being aggressive. Like that's what I want to be a part of. And I thought Cincinnati, I thought I had a shot in Cincinnati as well, but they end up taking AJ, AJ Green. That's funny. That played a big part in your free agent decision. Those conversations you had with Zim oh, back yeah. then that you yeah, remembered. Like, like, you know, Matt, you know, yeah. you want to put yourself in the best situation possible. You know, you want to mm-hmm. put yourself in a situation where you think you can thrive. And I, I feel like, you know, being in this system, having the dogs that they have on the front seven, having the defense of mind that Zim has, you know, and also the resume that he has, I was like, this is a, like a match made in heaven. You know, the yeah. guys that he was able to, you know, to be able to, to further their career, the guys he, he, he was able to help, you know, brighten their career like their Xavier Rose, um, mm-hmm. et cetera. I was like, yeah, this, this, this might be uh the perfect match for me. If, you know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't Tampa, you know, I wanted to go somewhere where, you know, I knew, I knew the system. I knew that they will do something tailored to my game that I'm good at, you know? So yeah. that's why I feel like Minnesota was uh the perfect match for me. Yeah. I know uh talking <laughs> about the questions, crazy question. I had Chicago, Chicago acts. Which food do I like better? Microwave? Food that comes out of microwave? A food that's cooked? Oh, oven? In a oven. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Like, what you mean? What, like, what is that? That doesn't mean microwave. <laughs> what, like, what you telling me? I, I hope you didn't microwave. Mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I said, the only thing I really like if I had to choose either or coming out of a microwave or coming off a stove is the, the the cup of noodles. You know what I mean? You put the, where you put the water in. Them the roman noodles. Them roman noodles. When well, you put them in that cup, oh, you gotta get, make sure, make sure you don't put too much water cause it's gonna overflow in the microwave. You gotta clean the microwave. So now you feel, so now you feel like a, uh, uh, a chef now. So you know, you know how to, the, the right That's amount right. So of you water. You can't hit the go. line. You gotta go a little bit man, below the they tell line. You, they tell you where to put the water at, Matt. Man, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I've had many experiences, many experiences when I went at the line of water overflows in the microwave. But yeah, Chicago asked me that question. Like what, like which, which, which food you prefer? Microwavable food or food out the, uh, out of the uh, stove oven? Like, hey man, I like, I like my food off the stove, man. It's fresh. I thought, I thought it was a trick question. I said, uh, <laughs> are we talking as an adult or are we talking as a child? Like what's, where we going? Said, hey, that's a, <laughs> hey, that's a valid comeback though. Cause you're right. Cause as a child, you can pop that thing in the oven at any time. I don't give a dang on what it is. But when you get older, you're like, man, that's a little tough, man. I need I need that thing a little bit more moist, man. I need to throw that thing in the oven on top of the stove. No question. (laughs) No, you're a child, man. You like anything out of the microwave because it happens fast. You don't have to wait. you don't have to wait. (laughs) It might not taste as good, but you don't care at that time. You are just trying to get on through. Hey, long as that belly got full. No No question. I know you guys are ready. It's the second quarter of our show, and usually we jump right into Has Pat Heard. Don't worry. It's coming, but we're going to make you wait. That's what I call a tease. Also, stay with us. We got Greg Russo joining us after halftime. Quality, entertaining, informative conversation, so make sure you stay tuned and stick with us for that. But right now, before we get to Has Pat Heard, we're going to jump and talk about some other topics that has surfaced throughout the sporting world here especially with the NFL, J.C. Treader and the union. They're urging players to boycott in-person OTAs and mini camps. Pat P, they're trying to urge you guys to boycott any in-person OTAs and mini camps. So So what that means is don't show up for anything until it's time to get to training camp. Cause last year, remember, remember everything happened virtually because they had to. Now we had, uh, did, did we not have minicam last year? No, y'all didn't have minicam last year. Everything yeah, was virtual. I'm with that plan, man. Oh, you with that plan? No doubt about it. Oh, so you all in? Man, more time with the family. Cause you think about it, man, the guys who just won the Super Bowl, they've been off football in February. Yep. We normally start back up April. That's two and a half months off. That's no time for them to really be, cause at the end of the day, like, like Chris talked about, we're dads. You don't want to be no third-string dad when you're a, a starter on the football field. Yep. So I think we need to have more time with our kids, with our family, with our loved ones because the good players, they put so much time into it during the season mm-hmm. to where, you know, like my wife, you know, my wife is great at it because, you know, in the season, it's just all business. It's strictly football. No, yeah. nothing, nothing else matters. But me being in a position to be the best player that I, that I can be. And so you telling me that I only, I only can get my loved ones three months out of the out of the off season for my full attention. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know I, I feel like this year it was I, I I can't tell you the statistic on the injury, but I didn't see any no no production drop off from anybody. I didn't yeah. see you know although I think it's 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 prominent for the young guys who getting drafted, of course, but for the guys who's who's been into the league or guys who's trying to Make their way into the league or the the, the rookies. I think those are the guys that should be able to, you know, if possible, get the extra training or the in person stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, because I I just think that 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 now with me being older and now with me having family now with me having kids, yes, I love my job, but at some time at some point, you know, I am a full time dad. You yep. know, what I mean? so I want to be able to take my kids to school, not no, the you know, three and a half months, no two months. I want to be able to enjoy my off season because the guys who really, truly love the game when they're in the game, that's all that matters. Yeah. I got a quote from your former coach thoughts from February. If we lose the spring, young players are not getting developed. And the, he said the veterans love that uh, because yeah. that means they don't get to take their jobs. That's what BA is saying. Of course, it coaches are not, crazy, hey, you know, <laughs> coaches not going, they, they, they're not in agreement with that. And other news, not, uh, football related, but golf related. Last weekend, it was a big, big event in Augusta. The Masters. Mm-hmm. The Masters took place. Uh, Hideki Matsuwama wins the Masters. Takeaway from Augusta. Number one, how surprised were you seeing Hideki win the Master? masters and you predicted dustin johnson dj to win yep. dustin and brooks didn't they missed the cut so what were your thoughts coming from the from the masters you know i wasn't surprised to see hideki win um hideki has always been a solid player I've seen him you know play over the last three years just a very smooth compact swing um just very in control of his golf game you know Um, and for to see what he was able to do around the golf course at augusta was remarkable because the course played so hard. and the, the greens were so firm, and he just made it look like it was just a, a pitch and chip contest, you know, mm-hmm. minus, I think it was 16 that he took the bogey on. Maybe it was 15. I can't remember. It was on the back nine, though. I can't remember the exact hole. But uh, he kind of misjudged a, uh, a little bit and uh end up taking a bogey on that hole. But for the most part, he was in control of that whole tournament. So I was not sure. I was not surprised at all that he won it because he won before. You know, he he did it in this fashion that he that he won here, you uh, know, uh, in Augusta because uh, I believe it was two thousand nineteen or tw- or twenty when he won the uh the waste management. You know, I had an opportunity to watch him uh play. Out here in Phoenix and, and see him, you know, strike the ball around the course and pretty much play mistake, mistake free golf. And he pretty much did the same thing there at Augusta. It was uh, unbelievable to watch and congratulations to Japan for having, um, the first, uh, Japan born, uh, Augusta national champion. Yeah. First Japanese um, male to win a hey, major championship. Right. And, uh, this is not a joke. And I know, um, Sergio made a joke of this, uh, a couple of years ago with Tiger, you know, Santa the fried chicken. But, um, it's going to be interesting to see what Hideki choose for, uh, his first dinner when he goes back to, uh, when he go back to, um, mm. Augusta as the returning champion. So I can't wait to see that menu, um, with Hideki. Cause I, for me. What would be your first, yeah, what would be your first dinner? Yeah. You know, you say if I was Hideki or if it was me choosing. If it be, was you, it's you. Oh, if it was me. Man, Mac, I need me some Salisbury steak, mashed potatoes, mac cream. <laughs> yeah, that's cornbread. Hey, matter of fact, to top it all off, man, I need me some fried okra too, man. You said Salisbury steak? <laughs> well, you went back old school, didn't you? Yes, sir. <laughs> and man, that Salisbury recipe. steak used to come through in the clutch. Hey, man, rest in peace to my late grandma, Margaret Peterson. She used to come through with that Salisbury steak. I, I already know you with that fried <laughs> okra. You already didn't know where you yeah. got that from. You already know. That's, that's South Carolina right <laughs> hey, there. Be- and another side with my grandma, man, I never forget, man, I used to love these, uh, gizzards growing up, right? Yeah, them gizzards. Yeah. And yeah. my grandpa used to eat gizzards too, but you know, as my grandpa got old, he started losing his teeth. Mm-hmm. So my grandma, to make it act like he was still eating gizzards, she fed, she fried, uh, I can't remember what liver it was. I think maybe it was chicken liver. liver. Uh, man, Mac, I came into the house right fresh out of eat. I think I'm in the uh, south. Um, my uh, my sophomore year in high school. I'm like, oh man, grandma do cook some fresh gizzards. hot. It's actually liver. Yeah, I know. Yeah, fresh a... gizzard. You know, gizzard a little tough. You gotta chew them. It's it's harder. Yeah, you right. fried so gizzards. It's, it's tough. You're going you going straight through that thing. No question. Man. That's so the I thing I like about it. the liver. It's, it's easier. <laughs> Man, I ain't like that, man. up chicken, that chicken gizzard, you got to be chewing, 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 yeah. chewing, chewing. You know, man, if you don't chew good enough, you swallow it, man. You might feel like right. got stuck. Hey, man, I got to dress my thing up all night, man. Ketchup, my hot sauce. Yes, mustard. Sir. I'm all set. You put mustard on your gizzard? Yeah, man. I like that tang, man. So I put a little mustard, just a little bit. <laughs> man, I've been into that thing. I almost bit my tongue, cause you know, I'm, 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 I'm expecting I'm, the I'm, toughness. Yeah, I'm, pre- I'm preparing myself for the gizzles cause like you said, it's tougher. Yeah. Man, I went straight through that thing on and said, Margaret! <laughs> 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 what is this? <laughs> hey. Hey, and our Margaret's gonna give you whatever you want, boy. She had you spoiled. <laughs> boy, she had you spoiled. Whatever you wanted. Hey. The eat, but whatever. Aside, that's the top of the story. You know what she did? Cause you know, What's Omar, that? the corner store used to sell the gizzle. Mm-hmm. Oh, she like, got sorry. some. I'm sorry, baby. I got a dollar twenty-five for you right here to get you a medium gizzard. <laughs> no question. No question. No question. <laughs> hey, no question, man. Good times, man. You know, you know Aunt Mark, and, and, and Uncle B used to have the storehouse. Man, oh, man, they had man. it all for us. Man. That storehouse. Listen, they had we, the house. Hey, we was never hungry at 7-Eleven, man. No question. I had everything: The I mean, chips, the hot five. sausage, the hot <laughs> sausage, the salt and vinegar potato chips. They had it yeah. all. Lily Dilly's. Had no it all, question. man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good times, good times. Uh, some sad news we'd like to mention real quick. The legendary iconic entertainer, actor. DMX passed away this past weekend at the age of 50. Uh, DMX was very, very influential, not just in the rap game, but the sporting world as well, as well. I listened to a lot of DMX songs uh when I was a youngster, getting ready for football games, playing little league football, playing high school football. Uh, no, mostly playing high school football. I'm sorry. Uh, But DMX, man, he impacted a lot of people. When you think about DMX, Pat P., I think, you know, there's so many things you can highlight. So smart, you know what I mean? So talented. But DMX had a way with words. And I think me personally, one of my favorite songs with DMX, his Dark, Hell is Hot album, that one too. That intro. I mean, when you hear that intro, doom, doom. Doom, 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 doom. Like you play that in any arena,
1: any stadium,
0: or if you in the locker room getting ready to put that tape on your wrist, you know, be putting that eye black, putting that eye black under your eye, you know, putting your shoulder pads on. When you hear that, that takes you to a whole nother place. Like right now, whoever's watching us or listening to us, go listen to that one, two, while you clean the house. I bet you clean the house a little different. You got a little edge. Go listen to that one two when you're on the treadmill or you're taking a lap or running a run around a neighborhood. You got a little edge. But that one two for me, man, Pat P, man, I hear that right now, man. Just the intro. It's like it's time to go to war. I mean, yeah. I don't know, not necessarily saying war, but whatever it is you got to go do, that gives you a little added boost, most right. definitely. So our condolences to to DMX's family and anybody associated with him, Rough Riders, Swiss beats. One thing I can say, the verses, and we talked about the verses uh before in our show. With Master P, with Fabulous, you know, the entertainers that we had. And they were all saying how big and how monumental that experience has been. And one of the more recent verses that we saw some months ago involved DMX and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. You know what I mean? So 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 that definitely was huge. You know, Pat P, is there any song that you can think of when you when you when you think about DMX that kinda hit home for you? Ah I mean DMX is, I mean, he's just a legend. I mean, I like that song with him and uh, what is it? The Money Power Respect. Mm-hmm. He was in that yeah, locks. He was in that joint. Um, what's my name? Mm-hmm. That's just a banger that I just get that blood hot. You know what I mean? Uh, what do you really want? From you? Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, X got so many. Anthems though, you know what I mean. It just it was just monumental, just to you know what I mean just hear those hear those songs like you said when you when you when you while you getting your finger wrapped up, you just kind of feel the energy, the passion that they're putting into that song, and it's kind of feeding through you as well. No question. So it was like man, it was it was definitely like when you heard a DMX song, get ready for a song, I mean, get ready for a, um a game. You was definitely ready to run through a wall. Slipping, slipping Slippin was another classic. Falling. Can't you know get I, mean? Up. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he got, he got, he got a bunch of, bunch of hits that, you know, definitely in my younger days, like my first two years in the league, especially in college. Yeah. I used to listen to a ton of DMS cause you know, in college, you know, you, I don't know what it was in college. You just, you just felt different. Like, it was mm-hmm. a different type of hype in college. Like. Like, the, the adrenaline was just different in college. It, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was because of, the like, the real tradition behind the the, uh, the institutions that we went to. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it or, or we're trying to get to where we're try, where we at, what where, where we end up accomplishing our goals. I don't know what it was, but just in college, just the atmosphere, the intensity level was just totally different. So when you heard one of those DMX songs, a mystical you know, all those artists in that time that had like, you know, some real stuff that we can relate to. Mm-hmm. It was like you felt that, you know what I mean? So it was definitely a, a joy to, uh, to be able to, to grow up and listen to, to DMX for sure. No question. His music will live forever. Condolences to, uh, DMX's family, anyone who's associated with him. Right. Now the tease is over. It's time to get to it. Has Pat heard? <laughs> Boy, I think we got him right now. A on the has, beat it, baby. Hey, has Pat heard? So for the new listeners and new viewers tuning in for the very, very first time, number one, we thank you for giving us an opportunity uh to fulfill your your eyes and fulfill your ears. But this section of our show, we decided to implement because during the offseason, Pat moves around a lot. And when he's moving around playing golf, he's not really listening to what's going on in the sporting world. So we want to kind of test this gangster, to say the least. Right now, his overall record, he's 17 of 26, meaning out of 26 questions, he's gotten 17 right. He only got one wrong last week. He was three of four last week. Let's see if Pat P can get them all right. I think we got three questions for you. Number one, have you heard Julian Edelman retired? Actually, I, is it, is it yes or no? I, I did not hear that, but I saw something on Adam Scheffler. I was rolling up on my uh, Instagram and I saw a picture of, uh, Julian Edelman, like as his, like post, but I didn't read it. So I kind of <laughs> saw it. You kind of <laughs> saw it. Uh, I don't know. We got to go to the committee to see what the committee says. So I didn't, I, the- I did like I said, I didn't read the captures, but I did see the post that Adam post, but I did, did, did he officially retire though? He's, a, he officially retired. And I know first. The first thing I thought about was this: it's a Tampa Bay move. He might because he failed a physical, uh, uh, and that was, I guess, you know, he tore to, up his, uh, messed up his knee, right? His knee or something, think, yeah. But well, you know, I'm thinking, man, Tampa, uh, Tom, trying to get him down in that good weather, because you know, in hot but, weather, your, your ligaments and they warm up quicker. The thing is, though, he got he gonna have to stay retired this whole year. Yeah, that's the late, thing. Man. I think he officially, I think he's done, done. But if but, he is done, done, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? No, mm-hmm. no, exactly. No, yeah. Hall of Hall of Hall of very good. He, yeah, he is a Yeah, solid player, yeah, yeah, no solid player, player but no, yeah. not Hall of Famer. No, I understand no. when you look at his numbers, especially in the postseason. I think he has the second most career postseason catches behind Jerry Rice, but he played right. with the Patriots. They played in a lot of playoff games, and he was definitely influential in those playoff games. But at, you can't name any time in his prime years where you would stay. Julian Edelman was at least in the top five. Receivers discussion. Yeah, yeah. As an individual, no. So, uh, plus he, he won a Super Bowl MVP as well, but Hall are very good. I agree with you. Not about He's player. definitely, he's definitely one of the guys that I would want on my team for sure. No Tough nails, I, Yeah. going not catch everything. You know, the crazy thing about Julian too is, you know, he has very acceptable speed. You know, he, obviously his 40 time won't say that, but he yeah. can get behind people. He can get behind mm-hmm. people and run away from them as well. And that's the difference between you know, a ball player and a a guy that's just good on paper. Yep. Okay, so we got to go to committee. Go to the committee about that one because, you know, he kind of gave us, I kind of saw it, but I didn't really hear it. So we got to see what the committee says. I did not hear it. It it, it is, has Pat heard, so I did not hear that. Okay. So technically I got it wrong. Uh, Technically I got it wrong. All right, second question for you. Aaron Rodgers guest hosted Jeopardy last week. Man, I, I did see that and Aaron did an awesome job. And he's doing it again this week as well. Might be and, setting up another opportunity. He's doing it again. He might need to keep it because the crazy thing about it when I saw the NFL post it when he was on there, I think it said 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He was crushing it. No and the, hearing the background uh behind it of him like, you know, wanting to have this job one day. So, As you know, being a a great NFL player, if there's something that you set your mind on, you want to be great at that too. So, yeah, it was only you know hearing that story and and seeing it come into fruition. It was only right that you know Aaron was going to be the best host that he can be on Jeopardy. And I thought he crushed it. You know, I thought I agree with you. I thought he did, did a great job of you know communicating with with the competitors. Did a great job of interacting with the camera. I mean, I thought, I thought it all overall, it was awesome. So I, I definitely, uh, won't be surprised if, uh, Jeopardy host hmm. is in Aaron's the uh, future. <laughs> no question. I'm right there with you. So you got that one. The final question in has Pat heard. Talk to me. I, I think we got him. Eric, I think uh, we got, you him. got me. Eddie George hired as Tennessee state head coach. Oh, you heard that one. Saw it right. morning. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that one. I mean, Eddie George, as far as I know, no significant coaching experience. Uh, what are your thoughts about, you know, the, the thoughts of, uh, of the trend with former players with limited coaching experience getting head coaching job? How, how, how do you feel about that? I think it's, I think it's big, man, because we've been in this game for a very long time. As a, and no, nothing against the coaches that didn't play in this game. Nothing against them at all. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like we can't relate to them as players. You know, yeah. they're just going by our, uh, What they read or what somebody else taught them, they haven't really been through the experience. And I just think hiring former coaches or former players as head coaches is great for any institution because now you have a a prominent player that's yeah, Eddie's in the hall, hall of famer. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, no, I don't think he got two thousand rushing yards in in the league, but he was yeah, yeah, but he was definitely a big time player. Yeah, he had he had a couple couple big time uh, rushing season, but a Mm -hmm. guy who won the won the Heisman. Yeah, Wanda Heisman, Ohio State. Yeah. So the guy who had such a promising, you know, career as a ball player, you want to have those type of guys around the kids that's trying to get to the next level. No question, especially with the kids in the HBCUs. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge so, for the HBCU yeah, so, uh, U you, you programs. You know, you know, with the light that they've been receiving, now continue to uh, brighten that light with Prime. You know, doing he's doing at Jackson State. Now you got Eddie yep. George. And I I think Eddie is trying to bring in Hugh Jackson to kind of be the OC. You really? yeah, try to bring in, uh, Ray Lewis. Uh, you know, he has Jeff Fisher like on the advisory committee. You know what I mean? Right. So, so they're he doing some good things. And he Dominique Rogers, comm- Camardi was on the staff, the previous staff. So hopefully they keep him. On staff as well, which would yeah. be, a, would, who would be another former player. So, right. uh, I, that, I, I have no issue with it. I think when you look at the HBCU, uh, programs and what they've been doing this season, having their season during the off season, uh, they've been getting a lot of attention and it's good. You know, we highlighted, we've highlighted uh, quite a few HBU HBCU, uh, individuals and then universities as, as well. So I'm all for it. I'm right there with you, Pat P. Matt. And go back to, to that hiring. You obviously know, you see a lot of guys like Steve Nash, for an example, getting mm-hmm. a lot of flack of being a first time, uh, head coach, didn't deserve the position, this, that, and the other. But you think about it. This guy had a promising career. So therefore he knows how to be a pro. He knows mm-hmm. the proper steps to take to be successful. So one, why not have a guy like that in charge that been through the ranks, that been through what the players that he's coaching trying to go through, why not have him coach him versus a guy that's been a pretty much a pop warner coach, pretty much raised, raised up in the ranks and, and got the head coaching job or the, you know, the top job or whatever, but mm-hmm. really never had no real experience with. I agree. Playing the I game. like it. You know yeah. what I mean? So I like, I like former players getting, getting, getting these gigs because what it's going to do is it's going to make it better for, it's going to make it less of an excuse of NFL hiring black and uh, African American coaches. Mm-hmm. So I love yeah. it. Let's go. Take advantage of the opportunity. Let's see exactly what happens with Tennessee State and newly hired head coach Eddie George. Now, time for twenty-one questions. We're almost at halftime, but before we get to halftime, you guys know we got to go show some love to our fans, our faithful supporters. 21 questions is where we get a chance to interact with you, the fan, the listeners, and the viewers. If you want to have your question answered on the show in the future, leave a question attached to a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we may get it to the show. This question comes from Dave Richard. What's up, Dave? Fantasy expert, by the way. Shout out to CBS Sports HQ. Dave says, hi, guys. Love the pod, by the way. Let's say a college cornerback sticks to one spot in college what do you look for on film to know if he can handle playing other spots like nickel at the next level? So basically Dave is asking, you know, if you see a, a cornerback that's only playing the outside corner, never really being involved inside the dime of the nickel, what are you looking for in his game to see if he can handle that transition on the next level, which is the NFL? Me personally, I'm looking at what, how he moves. Because I've been a slot guy that's the most agile position on the field. so yep. I want to see how he move. I want to see what his footwork look like. And the most important part, most important part to me, is he able to locate the ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If he's able to locate the ball, have good feet work, and being able to be, you know, a guy, you know, he don't have to be a small guy. I just need him to be agile. I want to be, I want to see the way he moves against sudden changes. You know, that's, that's the couple main points for me. And also you got to be able to tackle being inside because, you know, when they, when they run the ball, you know, you're, you're kind of like a linebacker. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, you got to be able to bring the thump and be able to uh, get, get runners on the ground. Those to me are the main four things I'm looking for. You really don't need speed because at the end of the day, the nickel position is the safest position on the field as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you have linebackers that's able to help you got a corner. That's able to help you if he's in the, in the, in the uh, in the, in the zone thirds, you got a safety over top of you. So if he's able to move well and also able to think, cause at the corner position, you gotta, you gotta run with the, I mean, at the nickel position, you gotta be able to run a lot. You gotta be mm-hmm. able to run with motion. So, uh, uh, change of strength may change. So you, your assignment may change. So you gotta yep. be able to think on the fly. So those are five things. I said four earlier, but those are five things that I'm looking for. Um, out of a corner in college, you know, if it, if I was, you know, if I'm looking for, you know, to put him in another position, if it is, if he's solely an outside guy, if I'm looking to transition him into the inside. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Lateral movement is imperative for anybody who's playing the nickels. Your lateral movement got to be on point. If you're bigger, if you're a big guy or a little guy, your lateral movement got to be on point. And the nickel is the one position when you're talking about be, talking about being a cover guy where it's okay to be more quick than fast because mm-hmm. yep. you got you got to you change the direction you know sometimes yeah. when you play in the outside corner you, your leverage can help you in coverage standpoint you know what i mean mm-hmm. they have a extremely wide split you, you can, know you, you line get, up you inside for three routes yeah yeah you know you can <laughs> kind of start taking away <laughs> yeah. certain routes when you play that nickel inside, you got to they got a two-way <laughs> go on you they got a two-way go and sometimes and the if, they hit, if they hit you with that option route where they're gonna just run a route based on your leverage, you gotta be able to adjust on the fly. Right. So yeah, quickness, lateral movement, tackling, and also too, just the cerebral part, how fast you pick up on certain things are things that we will look for if we only saw you do one thing on the collegiate level. Shout out to Dave Richard, man. Thank you for the question. Big time question. Uh, like I said, if anybody would like to have their question uh show up on our show. You know what I mean? Just leave us a five star review attached to your question and we'll try to get it on the show. We want to remind everyone that you can find us on Instagram at all things covered pod. Each week we give clues for our next guest and the first person to guess correctly, they get a follow and they get a shout out on the pod. So we have to shout out T Drew, T Drew, who was the first to guess JC Horn and Asante Samuel Jr. last week. Man, T. Drew, how did you do that? Again, follow us at All Things Cover Pod for the very best content from the show. Now, it's halftime for us. And like we were promising you guys throughout the show, the beginning of the show, man, we got to go put some pressure on the quarterbacks. Me and Pat P., man, yeah. we've been covering too long. It's only right that Wait. we go get one of the best pass rushing prospects that will be available in this year's draft greg russo will be joining us after halftime stay tuned
1: hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting
0: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer. all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yes, sir. We out of the locker room. Me and Pat P made some adjustments. Man, we told Coach, man, that like, man, listen man. to Yeah, we, we need a pass <laughs> rusher, man. Quarterback got too much time. He going through his third progression, his fourth progression. Man, we got to get somebody who can put some pressure on the quarterback. So Coach went in, said, you know what? Greg, you in. <laughs> Greg Russo is not in the game, man. Join us here. All things covered. Draft prospect out of the University of Miami. Man, I don't like saying that. The University of Miami. That doesn't sound good coming out of my mouth. You! No, no, Pat, we don't say that here. We don't, we don't call, no, we're not saying that. The Miami. The University of Miami. That's the only thing I can say. Alright. 2019 All-ACC performer. Considered one of the best pass rushers in this upcoming draft. We'll hear his name called extremely fast you can follow him on twitter and instagram the same name at greg underscore
1: r5 greg russo man thank you for joining us how you feeling feeling great man you know i'm blessed to be in the position that i'm in now i just got to keep on getting better and take it a day at a time talking about
0: the position you're currently in man feel the listeners and the viewers in on your draft process, because you decided to opt out, didn't play one down this past season. So your draft process is safe to say started maybe in August or September. So fill us all in on your draft process and what your day-to-day routine was like and what
1: it's like currently. Yeah. Well, of course, I opted out. You know, I started training early. Of course, I'll do all, like, the 40 stuff. But honestly, while, while it was, like, the fall and winter, at that time I was mainly just focused on, like just becoming a better player, so working a lot of hands, getting my hands quicker, upping my football IQ. Uh, always working on my pad level when I'm doing drills because I'm a taller guy, so I have a tendency to get up high. And obviously, if you want to be good at football, you got to stay down low. So definitely been emphasizing that a lot. Just getting better. Uh, in a part of my and one part of my game every single day, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, pretty much anything. Just growing as a person and as a player.
0: And you worked out with Chuck Smith, right? Uh and we know he's one
1: considered one of the best technicians when it comes to pass rushers. How was yeah. that experience for you? It was great, man. Just to pick his brain and gather some knowledge from him. You know, it's always an opportunity talking to somebody who's been in the league or even played in college, somebody who's played football and, and been in my shoes. So it was great to learn from him. He also taught me the, the cross chop technique. So it was it was awesome working with him. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And so what led you to opting out? You know, obviously a lot of college
0: players opt out over this weird pandemic year so uh what was the reasoning
1: behind you opting out this season a big part of it was my my mom who was a COVID nurse at the time she was going through a lot so being able to opt out and and help her out a little bit definitely played a huge role in that but also just the uncertainty there wasn't really a plan set in place at the time there was a lot of uncertainty just revolving around the season especially the college football season there was conferences like cance- canceling their own season and all that stuff so there's just a lot going on at the time and uh, basically you just wanted to focus on yourself and get yourself prepared yeah. for the exactly. Yeah. Yep. But at the same time, I was super excited because playing in the league has been a dream of mine since I was a little kid. So to take, to take that next, like that next step towards that was it was awesome.
0: And the crazy thing about it too, though, G, if you think about it, this is your, that was your first time making an executive decision. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because when you come into the league, it's all, you know, you got to, you're going to be on your own now. So you have to make a lot of executive decisions. So, you made a, a early executive decision by uh not uh not attending the University of Miami uh the last past season, but I also saw that you had LSU on your offer list.
1: What led you to stay home in Miami? I mean, I thought about it for sure. Like LSU is my brother's dream school, so when I got that offer, he was like, "Bro, you like you gotta go, <laughs> you gotta go." But like <laughs> Miami was coming at me too hard, man. Like Miami sat me down; they had a plan for me. Like they taught me the defense and and all that. So, like, I guess because, like, the proximity to home, it's easier for them to reach me. I was at Miami way more than I could get to LSU or anything like that. So, like, the relationship we built between me and Miami, is just it it just happened a lot quicker and it's faster than it happened for any other school. I got you. In high school, you
0: played all over the football field. Yeah. But, you know, they said you were real good at the wide receiver position. Uh, What led to you deciding to give up? being a wide receiver to put your hand in the dirt because you were were balling as a wide receiver. So it wasn't like you were struggling, but
1: what led to that decision? I'd say I realized like a trend in the offers I got. Like I got like NC State, Iowa State, West Virginia, which are big schools, but I got all of those for like receiver slash safety. But like the bigger offers like Georgia, Miami, LSU, I got those for outside linebacker, edge rusher. So I thought to myself like, man, I must project a lot better at edge rusher slash DN slash outside linebacker. So I was thinking like, that's probably the best position for me moving on, going to going into the future. And it it worked out. How difficult
0: was that transition for you? Because most wide receivers, as as we all know, being defenders uh, on this interview, most wide receivers don't like to be hit. So if you don't like to be hit, you don't like hitting people. So how was that transition from catching passes, scoring touchdowns to now
1: trying to hit people and sack quarterbacks? How difficult was that? I feel like for me, since I've been playing football since I was like a young and like seven years old in pads, I was mm-hmm. always on defense at first. But like as I got older, I wanted to score touchdowns and stuff. So then I transitioned <laughs> to wide receiver. You feel me? Cause yeah. you, you know how it is to be scoring touchdowns in high school, all that, all that cool stuff. But like I knew like in at heart, I was a defensive player and like my mentality on the field, I was all, I was always a physical player, even at receiver. You know, I wouldn't let nobody jam me or none of that type of stuff. So like that was just the way I came. I looked at the game. I was never like a, Pretty well receiver is, is what I'm trying to say. I was never that type of receiver, so like I mean it was really a smooth transition for me. I mean I'd use the same releases sometimes that I used on the line at receiver. Just to oh, kind of okay. the line really? A little bit, yeah. Got
0: to okay. get stopped yeah. sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah just, it, make,
0: it, makes it makes sense. sense. <laughs> it makes sense. You got that that chop or that right. oil, whatever uh-huh. they be doing. There you got to that shoulder, baby. Yeah, you gotta dip that show. It it, it makes a lot yeah. of sense. That hey, that was a I know Pat P. That had to have been his first big time executive decision to leave the wide receiver position, go play go D. D N. N. yeah, ah, I like. Hey, that might be it. That, <laughs> that might definitely be it. might be. It. Might be <laughs> it. Hey, G. Uh, man, you have something not necessarily in common, but I was a, a former teammate of a guy who attended the University of Miami and Calais Campbell, who was a awesome teammate. Mm-hmm. A giant, I played with uh, Calais as well. Yeah, which was a giant, but we, uh, we saw over the last few months ago that he showed you some love. Uh, is there any tricks and trade,
1: you know, with you guys having similar body types, um, that Kalez have, uh, shared with you? I mean, he always tells me always just to keep my pads down. Cause like I said, we're taller guys. So we have the tendencies to get up, high, the tendency to get up high. So he's always telling me like, pad level, pad level. And I'll be texting him. He'd be giving me tips on like just how the league is and, you know, just to get my mind right and stuff like that. So he's kind of like a mentor to me and kind of like just like that. He's like a big brother to me in terms of advice and all that type of stuff. So he's definitely somebody we we'll would be looking out.
0: Hey, G, real quick, what young guys don't do, and I can contest this because I've seen a lot of young guys grow through this. You know, yeah. obviously, Galeas has been there, and he's done a lot of great things in this league, and you've been clenching on to him now. Don't let go. You know what I mean? Because Calais has been an all-pro guy. He's, You know, he's been on all-decade player. So he know how to get there. What young, Some young guys – Lose is, oh, I want to be in this position, but not really paying attention to the fact that this guy's trying to help me get to that position. Yeah. So don't lose focus on that. Calais is a good man. You know, like I said, I was a teammate of his for five years, always mean well. And he definitely want to see you achieve all the goals that you set out for yourself. So like I said, my advice to you, stand in his hip pocket. No you know, don't, don't, don't let your pride, you know, take over you know, over you know whatever it may be, just literally just, just learn. Cause that's what this game is all about. You want to mm. learn from the guy that done it before you and also create it into your own. So don't lose focus with that G man. Like, like I said, Khalil is a good guy. One of my favorite teammates that I ever had in the past. And he knows what he's talking about. Like I said, yeah. you guys have the same body type, same body structure. So you can, you can definitely uh, learn a lot from him because it's not many DNs. That's six, seven. Yeah, at yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, You could definitely learn, uh, get a a couple tricks and trades from my man, the Sleeping Giant, for For sure. Appreciate that. Even when you start balling, man, keep reaching out to some of the savvy vets that are around you, or some of the the peers that are balling. You know, the 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 the, the smartest people and the best people are the people that are always willing to learn from others, and they don't think they know it all. You know what I mean? So even the great ones can learn something new. Yeah, yeah. Man, being from Broward, an area that has so much. So much talent, pro-like talent, man. Take us through that experience because you went to high school in Hialeah, but what people don't realize, you're from Broward. You know what I mean? And 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 we had Asante Samuel Jr. on with us last week, and he said, you know, coming from Broward, it's a little different. Swag a little different, man. Talk about your upbringing before you went to high school in Hialeah, Miami, and just being,
1: you know, in that Pompano area that Pat P is from and talk about the talent that was around you. I mean, it's crazy, you know, like like going to the NFL – like, as a little kid, I'm like, man, that's like one in a million, this and that. But, like, growing up in Broward, you see it happen to this dude and that dude. And then it just, it comes to you like, man, it's not impossible. You feel me? Like, obviously, mm-hmm. I, I'm blessed with certain traits, like height and length and all that stuff. But definitely just having that mindset, seeing it happen around you. Like, for example, uh, I went to Monarch high school at first. And then when I was a freshman, Calvin really was a senior on the, uh, on our team. And then wow. when I was a freshman, Jerry Judy was a sophomore on our team. So I grew up with him. I played ball. That's and right. played seven on seven with him. So just being around that. It really like, it'll bring your confidence to the next level. It'll bring your competitiveness to the next level. It'll, it just makes you want even more seeing those guys go first round. So I'm trying to be in the same, in the same boat as those guys and be like, I'm just trying to be a legend, you know, trying to be one of the best to do it coming out of my hometown and hopefully like influence and, uh, really just give other kids motivation growing up and seeing me do it. And then maybe they could be like, yeah. Greg did it so I could do it too. So that's really just my goal coming from
0: Hey Pat, a- P, you know, you know what'll be real cool? We got to get Eric, Eric on, on, on his research, man, get his team together. We need to figure out after this year's draft, how many Broward County natives, you know what I mean? High, they play high school ball in Broward or from Broward have gotten drafted first round. Hey, and we, I, I, we up there? If you want to go back to the 2000s, I don't know how we would, what would be the cap off point. Listen, I I, I won't be afraid to say we're number one, to be honest. But but y'all know how it is. You know how the boys from Dade always, they feel like they got the best everything down there. So, you know, Dade would definitely have something to say with that, (laughs) say about that. But I'm just, I'm I'm thinking (laughs) all the time in my head, you know what I mean? Over the last, if you want to do over the last 20 years, clearly over the last 10 years, I think Brown has been on point. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I but, mean, you can go yeah. through the list of teams, and there's a lot of guys that we don't realize actually from Broward. You know, yeah. don't have that same recognition as well. That's the thing. And hey, you the, know who I found out I was from Broward, man? I did not know he was. Where well, they say he was raised in Broward, but he went to Georgia. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I did mm-hmm. not know that. From Lauderdale, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, so he was. He was. He was raised in Fort Lauderdale up until he was seven years old. I was. I'm. I'm guessing, but then he moved to Georgia. And that's where mm-hmm. he lived uh, the remainder of his life. I did not yeah. know he was a, a Broward commentator. Tyree got a little bit of both, best of both worlds: Florida football and Georgia football. No doubt about it. Yes, sir. Yes, hey, sir. G, with us having the mindset that we have, been from Broward. How do you evaluate your um, your pro day? Because to me, I thought you had pretty good numbers. Obviously, six six. Two two sixty six, you ran a four six eight in the 30 inch bird, twenty-one uh bench press, nine feet, seven inches bar jump, eleven inches on your in, in your uh hands, eighty-three wingspan. How do you evaluate your pro day uh seeing all those numbers and uh after your performance?
1: Yeah, I feel like like it was a it's like I said, it's a blessing to be out there to compete one last time in my school. And also, they welcomed me in a great way. Like for someone who opted out, you know, they they still got mm-hmm. a lot for me, and vice versa. That's good. So it was it was great to be back there for sure. I feel like I competed. I feel like I had a solid day. I could I feel like I could have done a couple of things better, but it is what it is. And at the end of the day, you know, my goal it was never like to be the best pro day player ever. It's to be like it's to be a pro, you know, and to to have the best career I could possibly have. So after that, I really just put it behind me in a way, and I'm just super excited to just take that next jump. I've been working on a lot more like football stuff now. As well, I stopped all the 40 training, all the bench press stuff. I'm yeah. still working out, of course, but I'm just excited to start to be able to only, like, just work on football and finishing and just get ready for training camp or whatever uh, they throw at us this uh, this season. Have teams asked you,
0: um, you know, anything about the lack of film in the last season? Obviously, they seen you play. You had 15 and a half sacks in, in 2019. Yeah. But obviously not playing a full season. Have any teams have any had any concerns about that?
1: Yeah, some teams will ask me like, why should we draft you? Uh, like only with only one year of experience. But I, what I'll tell them is that like at the end of the day, you can talk to people at my school. I'm a dog. I'm a competitor. You know, I want to be great. I I feel like I have a really solid work ethic. And whatever team picks me, I'm gonna prove them right. You know, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make them proud for sure. I'm a I'm gonna prove to the te- to my teammates that I'm there for a reason. You know that I'm not just somebody who just who just had to hand it to them. And that like me even though I may have, like, only played one year, one year of college, I feel like I, during that one year, I if you watch my film, I grew game by game, got better, my production went up, you know, I, I learned to playbook better, like, just, like, just the little nuances of it. You know, I feel like I was just becoming a smarter player every single game. So I also tell them, like, if you watch my film, turn my film on, you can see that I grew a lot during the year that I did play. Yeah. Right. I mean, you
0: played one year and gave them 15 and a half sacks. And you half. Didn't, you yeah. didn't start until week six. I know, right? They that be up. Fact, I don't have no doubt. In man didn't become a consistent starter until week that's six. The game, Mac. I already did the math, man. Yeah. Two, two, three, he 15 game. and a half. That, that's, that's, that's <laughs> what you should tell him. I only played <laughs> one year with my hand in the dirt and dropped 15 and a half. That what you do you think happened in year three or year four? He six game, Mac. He played basically game. It's crazy. He started six games. He played in all, he played in all 12, but he started six games. He got a high ceiling. What MJ said, the, the ceiling is the roof. Remember when yeah. MJ said that? <laughs> the ceiling is the roof for Greg. <laughs> the, the ceiling is the roof. I don't know what that means, but if MJ right. said it, it made sense. It makes sense. about it. The ceiling is the roof for you, Mr. Russo. Definitely. Hey, 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 talking about the draft, man. Give us a little insight here. You know, we got a lot of different NFL fans that are tuning in, watching us, listening to us. Give us an insight on some of the teams you really feel like you've gotten a real good vibe from. You know, teams that you have interviewed with via Zoom, or teams that were at your pro day. Are there any, you know, uh, specific teams that you feel
1: real good about? There's actually there's a good amount. I feel like just name some off. I say I say the Titans. I say they need they need well they need a draft. They need a they need a rusher. Bad. Okay, the
0: Titans. And they got a bunch of picks too. They got a bunch of picks. <laughs> but you know, he only consider he he, he think about for the first one. He not he, he not thinking. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, no, yeah. he's he gonna be the first one. I'm just saying they got a
1: bunch yeah. of picks. <laughs> okay, we got the Titans. Who else? Cowboys. They need a Jones, Russia. The, the yep. Giants, who else? Uh, the Eagles. I talked to, I talked all of them, but I get good vibes from the Eagles, uh, Falcons, um, Jaguars. So I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of landing spots and a lot of places I can end up at. So I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. I don't really know who, they, people tell me that like the draft is crazy and it goes either way. Like you sometimes you get picked by a team that you didn't even think likes you. So I don't know where I'm hey, going. It's crazy though to go back
0: to my draft story. I never had a conversation with the Arizona Cardinals. I never had a conversation with the the Steelers either. I didn't yeah, talk to the so Steelers it, one time. It, it's literally gonna yeah. go totally opposite. Hey, good point. Hey, I forgot about it. Right yeah, <laughs> I thought I was going to Atlanta. Atlanta. I had a a phone call with the owner and the GM on Friday before the draft. Oh. I'm down there, at AJ, trying uh, to get, <laughs> get me some jewelry. Hey, hey, I'm down there, AJ, trying to get me some jewelry, trying to get my little piece and chain together. I'm on the phone. I'm like, man, anybody get back in Atlanta? That might be all right. And I was right. Like, "Wait yeah. a minute, hey, I'm like, what? I'm looking at Pat. use that at You remember how hot I was? Boy, I was still oh, yeah. at hot, boy. Boy, I was still at hot, boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I thought, man, listen, that's the thing. Don't expect the worst, yeah. just to kind of take away some stress <laughs> that might happen or some disappointment. Yeah. Expect the worst. When I had that phone call from Atlanta, expect the worst. Oh, hey, yeah, expect the worst. You know what I mean? Hope for the best. I literally thought I was probably go going to Atlanta, maybe in the late first. You know what I mean? And when that didn't happen, man, I said, man, I went to throw up all my fruit cup, man, all the fruit I had off my dish. The man when went and hid in this room, food. man. I do not want to talk nobody. <laughs> I want to talk to nobody. <laughs> Pat, Peter Boy, want to aggravate me? Why are you hot? Why are you by yourself, man? Leave me alone, man. <laughs> I feel you, bro. I feel you. Leave me alone. Hey, speaking of the draft. <laughs> You no, know, Greg, you actually planned on attending the draft in Cleveland, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. <laughs> Unfortunately for you, Greg, Cleveland. you were, you you're a year too late because last year it was supposed to be in
1: Vegas. Vegas, I
0: know. Yeah, but you still want to go to Cleveland. Believe hey, me, man, cool, man. man. You might be better off going to get you a spot at Found Blue, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> the man want to go to about, Pat. You, you went to the, the draft, Pat. Did you not go to the draft? I did, but there's so many uncertainties. Like he talked about going into the college football season, man. Yeah, man Cleveland it might rain. It might be cold. <laughs> Hell. Don't know if going to show up. you only saying that because it's Cleveland now. So if it was another city, okay, you being biased <laughs> to Cleveland. So All what right. I'm saying is he can enjoy it better in Miami with his people. The the, the hey, they go to Brown Blue, man, G. Get the, get the penthouse, man. Get the penthouse. It's too late. He already it's told lit. the league going, so he got to go. What led to that yeah, decision exactly. to go to the draft, though? What right. led to that uh, decision?
1: <laughs> I really, really just talking to my family and stuff, talking to my agent, and they just, they all said I should go and they all wanted to go, but I wanted to go too for sure. Cause I feel like walking across the stage and shaking the person hand, that's like iconic, of course. No so question. Doing yeah. that, that would be, that will be dope. I'm really looking forward
0: and, and, to yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just talking trash. Go enjoy that. Go enjoy that moment. Cause it, it really is. Cause I was in a, in a situation to where we didn't know wheels don't play football. So I was in a situation of wheels in the lockout in the midst of the draft. Yeah. So I was like, man, I'm just like you. I'm like, man, that's an iconic moment. You know, you walk across the stage, you always dreamed of that moment of your name getting called, you holding that jersey up, this kind of. So now I was just, I was just pulling your bed. Go enjoy that moment. For sure. <laughs> hey, Great. When they call your name in the first round, right? When they call your name in the first round, are you going to hug Roger Goodell or are you going to give him a handshake? What you feeling?
1: Uh, hey, no, I, I guess hey, hey. you don't know because I, I, I asked
0: myself the same question, Mac. I I just went with the flow. <laughs> yeah, I'm the flow. I'm gonna just do what feels natural, man. <laughs> hey, tell you I'm what, gonna tell you right now. He probably gonna grab. He gonna, he probably gonna reach out for a hug first. I'm just letting you know. For sure. For <laughs> sure. sure. Boy, if they call your name super early, you better form tackle him.
1: Money Creak my shoes all down. You get your
0: first <laughs> fine. Get it out the way. Yes sir. <laughs> yes sir. AG, uh, obviously going into the next league, you know we have a bunch of different schemes here. Do you consider
1: yourself uh, an outside linebacker or a four three edge rusher? Mm, good I question. Like, I feel like because of what I played at Miami, I feel like at first I'd be more comfortable playing playing the four three edge position. But I feel like I could definitely grow into an outside linebacker scheme because I also had some of the same looks at Miami as well and. Pretty much anywhere along the D line, cause I played the zero, I played the three, I put on, a pass rushing downs, so I played five, nine, and I dropped the coverage a couple times too. So I feel like, I feel like I pretty much fit any team that's, that's picking.
0: So gee, my, my next question to you is, cause I, you know, I've been in the league for a long time, going on my 11th season. Mac been in the league for a very long, nine years, right Matt? Uh, seven. Seven years. Yeah. So we know some guys have, you know, preferences if they want to have a hand in the dirt, they want to be on a, a two point stand. What is your, I guess, what is your go-to stance? What do you feel more comfortable in? In, in, the, in a three point or a two point? What do you feel your best get off is? Three point for sure. I feel like three point. Yeah. Okay. And get off is one of the things that I've been, I've been impressed with. You, you gotta be the first man off the ball. Last man yeah. off the last one to get to the ball. Being the first one off the ball, that's something that you have really perfected in your collegiate career. When you look at when you talk about and I want to get a little technical right here. So put your coaching hat on for us, Greg. When you talk about rushing the passer, what is something that you believe is one of your go not necessarily your go to move? But one of your favorite moves you like to pull out is your trick bag. Is it a bull rush? Is it a Thursday four, four yeah. two minutes ago? You gotta get to the quarterback. What's your best? Hey, team? hey, and we and we in the
1: secondary. Hey, Greg, first rounder, man. Get get, get get some pressure, man. Stop playing around. <laughs> That's why we draft you. What you gonna give us? What kind what of move are you gonna give? I'm gonna give them? you I'm gonna give you a hezzy with like a side swipe, so a double hand swipe, and I'm gonna rip under and I'm gonna get the sack. Okay. Oh, I like man. that. So you're going to so, give him a hesitation, a slight hesitation. slight hesitation inside just to get him to stop his feet and maybe stop his, his, uh, his kick set. And then I'm going to uh-huh. take him around the edge and, but always make sure I finish with my rip. And I'm also keep working my hands because some people throw their, throw their, uh, two inch like once, but a lot of times I know in the league, the tackle is going to be way better. So I'm going to definitely throw it a couple times. I'm going to be like, like a windshield wiper doing it. <laughs> I'm coming across the edge. Got to. So gee, so
0: I was like going back again. I played in, in this league a very long time yeah so you have to be especially nowadays you have to be very versatile you have to be able to play left you have to be able to play right so do you feel like you're very versatile as a player or you're just a slow slow a uh, solely left or a right guy? do you feel your best
1: moves come off your left you feel your best move come off the right like how how do you feel uh how you feel about that? I feel like I could play both for sure and I could definitely get production out of both sides, but like I feel like there's different nuances in my game where it's like there's some things I might better on the right than I do in the left like for example if you're a corner you might press better on your left with right. this hand first and then vice versa like switched around so I feel like I have kind of those but I, I feel like a big part of that is knowing what you're strong at on both sides of the ball right
0: okay.
1: I like it I like it last question
0: before we transition to the superlative part of this show you and Jalen Phillips could be the first set of defensive ends to go in the first round since 2006 uh Mario Williams and Manny Lawson out of the uh, North Carolina state. Yeah. Do you have any, and, and Jalen balled out this year. He actually wore your number uh that you wore in 2019. Do you have any regret not being able to play on the same field with Jalen? Because if, man, I I, man. I was, I was happy. I was happy you opt out because when y'all got Jalen Phillips, and I'm like, boy, they got Greg on that D line.
1: Hey, it might be tough, but do you <laughs> have any regret not actually being able to play with Jalen? I, I want to say it's like a regret, but I, a part of me definitely wishes, wishes I did. I feel like that would have been sick. Uh, oh, been a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, no, it wouldn't have been fun for a quarterback. <laughs> I wouldn't. Exactly. <laughs> <Quarterback>. <laughs> no, I definitely wouldn't. But I mean, yeah, I, I wish I. I kind of wish I did play with him. But also, I'm super happy to see the success that he had. And yeah. hopefully, God willing, we both go first round. That'd be that'd be an, that'd be an amazing that'd be an amazing experience for sure. Hey, yeah, Rip, before is. I let you go on the last uh on the last question.
0: I actually had an opportunity to be recruited by Mark Rick. Can you give us any insight yeah. on Coach Mark?
1: Okay, okay. He, he's <laughs> really chill. he's like he's slow talking, like, hey, how are you how are you doing? Like he's a God-fearing man, but he's really a great person. You know, I learned a lot from him for sure. He's like he's a great coach and he was like a father figure to a lot of the kids on our team, you know, that that never really had that. So I feel like he's a great guy. He works for AC Network now. I still keep in touch with him. He's, he's somebody that's just, he's easy to root for, you know, he's, he's an awesome yeah. guy.
0: Now, nah, yeah, I, I will say that Mark is definitely one of the slowest talking guys I've ever met.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's, he's great though. You know? <laughs>
0: <He's great. laughs> All right, we go, we, so we go transition to the superlative part. It's like a little two minute warning type situation, not a two minute warning, but a two minute drill. No huddle hit you with rapid fire question, Greg to see exactly how you adjust and still be able to get pressure on the quarterback. First question for you. Player most like you that's currently in the NFL? Calais Campbell. Okay. Ooh, okay. Like- you know who I was going to say. I like the Calais Campbell uh comparison as well, but and I was going to say Miles Garrett. I knew you. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say the same. Ma- maybe thing it's the, thing. the same college number, but the body type. You know yeah. what I mean? Y'all yeah. resemble a lot from the body type and the measure. monster, yeah. man. He's a monster. I watch him a lot on film. No or um Carlos Dunlap's, Dunlap is a little bit heavier, but when he was in um when he Cincinnati. was at Florida, no, when yeah. he was at I'm talking about back in his college days. Yeah. You uh, guys resemble the same uh, body structure as well. That yeah, was uh he was an animal as well. Yeah.
1: Uh, the school you hate more, Florida State or Florida? Mm-hmm. Florida State. Florida State. Why? I just, Florida State, I don't know, something, actually, what they did to me, this isn't the only reason I hate them, but they did, I went to the camp and they didn't offer me. And I was,
0: ah. like,
1: and for a second, <laughs> for a slight second, I, uh, I kind of wanted to go there just a little bit. Just a uh, little, uh, if, right. if,
0: if, if they would have offered you, would you, you know, would it, could you see yourself in that garden and go if they would have offered you at like no, that camp? <laughs>
1: So what you why you wanted to offer then? You want uh, probably that's you, say not you when I was a freshman in high school. You just wanted to offer, man. That's what, uh, but that's what yeah, I'm saying. Let's say, Greg,
0: if they would have offered you as a freshman in high school, right, and enroll with you the entire journey throughout high school, huh? <laughs> the answer is no, bro. <laughs> <It's> no. <laughs> he don't want to put that on tape. He don't put when that on go, record. want to put that on, want 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 put that go, on record. It's, all, it's okay, Greg. <laughs> we going tell nobody. If you want to go to Florida, stay inside. Right. It happens. <laughs> Oh y'all, funny. It happens, you know. All right, best sideline prop you've seen besides the raggedy turnover chain. He said raggedy. Oh, he called it
1: raggedy, G. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, your boy (laughs) made that. AJ the jeweler made that. My bad, AJ. My bad. It ain't raggedy. (laughs) I say the the backpack is the worst, but I say the second best is the uh what Georgia the Georgia Bulldog turnovers. they got oh, the, the, shoulder, the pads. shoulder pads, right, with the spikes. And that was fine. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. That is fire. Fire, right
0: fire. And we don't got no more backpack. That backpack is long gone. That's disco oh, dead. Oh, oh. Got <laughs> yeah, a backpack gone. That backpack gone. <laughs> I got one more for you, man. Your best sack celebration.
1: Uh, Best sack celebration? You better start working on it. Yeah, I know. I, I need to start working on it. But Florida State, I was waving at the crowd the whole game after I got my sacks. It's that was just like
0: uh like see you later bye bye like
1: like have a have a great night you know thanks for coming out but we just put the beat down we had to <laughs> we had to do it to what we're going we
0: we're we we not going to have this part of the show we're going to cut that out <laughs> Eric. To, edit that out Eric. don't you put it <laughs> <that> in <there. laughs> hey but real talk man Greg it's a pleasure man you great individual high character guy uh we we're we going to be watching the draft uh-huh. And outside of you being from Miami, I'm I'm a root for you to, to go into a good situation good and get high. Go draft get drafted high, man. So thank you for joining us here, all things covered. You did well in the superlative park. You got two pressures and a sack and a forced fumble. <laughs> we won the ball game. We won, won the ball man. game. <laughs> yeah. But, but appreciate you joining us here, man. All things covered, man. Best best of luck to you and your family and whatever organization draft you. They got it, they get in the Pro Bowler
1: thank yes, you man appreciate that God bless yes, appreciate y'all reaching out and having me thank you thanks
0: again to Gregory Russo and thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of All Things Covered if you like what you hear make sure to subscribe and leave a 5 star rating on Apple Podcasts we'll be back soon where you can expect all things to be covered peace, peace.